Hi there, I'm Jim. And I'm Claire. Let's talk teaching. Welcome to Let's Talk Teaching, a podcast from the Center for Teaching, Learning, and Technology here at Illinois State University. I'm Jim G. Joining me today, our director, Dr. Claire LaMonica. Hi, Claire. Hi, Jim. So today we are going to talk about something that we've kind of hinted at. We've, we've used this word before, but this is going to be one of those episodes of Let's Talk Teaching where we're kind of getting down to the basic definition of something and then I guess talking about how we're going to use it. And, and the word is, the password is, <laughs> reflection. Reflection. What is reflection in terms of teaching and learning? Well, you know, before I started hearing the word reflection, I was hearing the word metacognition. Um, and I think they're related, although I don't think they're exactly the same thing. Um, but basically, you know, metacognition is thinking about thinking. And reflection is sort of thinking about learning. Um, it might be thinking about what you've learned. It might be thinking about how you've learned. Um, it can also be thinking about teaching. So it's a, it's looking back at an experience. Um, it's, we, you know, one time we've talked about it before was in connection with active learning. Mm -hmm. And there's a quote that's often credited to John Dewey, which is, we don't learn through experience. We learn through reflecting on experience. And D. Fink is, in, is big on this too, you know, that, one of the main, the three main elements of active learning is reflection. And you have to get students thinking about the experience that they've had and processing that in a way that helps them see that they've learned something and think about how they might use that going forward. And that piece, I think, connects to recent research that suggests that reflection can help facilitate transfer. Mm. So um, taking what you've learned in one class and mm -hmm. using it in another class or in a non-class situation. Mm -hmm. um, and I think probably part of the reason that reflection can help with that is that um, there is a piece of projecting forward um, that that's included in, in reflection. I think the big problem with reflection is that students don't do it naturally. Um, our mm -hmm. students do not come to us as reflective thinkers. We have to teach them how to do it. And we sort of don't do that at our own peril because it's really easy for them if they're not being reflective to think, for example, I didn't really learn anything this semester. Right. I didn't really learn anything in that class. Right. So providing students with opportunities to reflect on their own learning along the way while a class is in process um, can actually raise their awareness of their own learning. Sure. And, and that yeah. um, that is always to our benefit. And that, and that makes a lot of sense to me because there is that, it, it is a very true effect. They call it the primacy uh, recency effect. Mm -hmm. You remember the first thing and you remember the mo most recent mm -hmm. thing. And, you know, I mean, that my daily life is full of that. Like I remember... <laughs> The first thing I did this morning, and then I remember what I just did five minutes ago, and everything else in the middle can be a blur unless I really sit down and think about right. it. And there's and it's harder to do, and it's less accurate. So I can understand why, from a, when we talk about reflection and, and students reflecting on their learning, giving it to them in those little digestible bits. Yes, I, frequency. I th frequency is is yes. an important characteristic. Okay, yeah. so let's pause for a second because we've we've talked. 
we have been defining reflection a lot in terms of the word reflection. We've been using yeah. that to define it. So, um, hmm. um, so at reflecting upon our conversation thus far. So can you give me an example of, of when you've used a, an exercise in class that has dealt with reflection, just so we can kind of get a little bit, maybe for folks listening sure. in, in their mind, a little more concrete idea of what we're talking sure. about. Um, reflection is a huge part of every writing class I teach, but right. I talk about writing classes a lot, and mm -hmm. um, that's kind of, so I'm going to talk about something else today. Okay. Well, you're um, a writing teacher, so, you know. I'm a writing I, teacher, right. So, But I'm also a, a, a teacher of writing teachers, a mm -hmm. teacher of writing teachers. There you go. So in my methods classes, okay. when, I, when I have taught um, teaching writing in the secondary schools, I often use reflection, and I use it in this way. Um, when I was first assigned to teach that class, I was told, oh, and by the way, there are some clinical observation hours connected to this class, sort of linked to this class. So mm -hmm. the students taking this class also have to complete a certain number of clinical observation hours in, in schools. And I was like, okay, whatever. That's a that's some college of ed requirement. Mm -hmm. I really don't care about it. They can go out and do it, you know. And I, I didn't, well, okay, so I was pretty dumb about that. Um, I didn't reflect on how that might help my students learn. But, right. I, I, but I learned pretty quickly that um, not connecting what we were doing in the classroom and what they were seeing in the, in the schools mm -hmm. was, was really dumb. Mm -hmm. um, because they weren't making connections mm -hmm. between what we were doing in the classroom and what they were seeing in the schools. Mm -hmm. So I very quickly, I think the, probably the second time I taught the course, I developed um, an assignment, a reflection assignment mm -hmm. that asks students to follow up their classroom observation in the schools with a reflection. And in the reflection, they needed to tell me three things. What, what did you see? So just a very brief description of what they saw. So what, why is it important? And it specifically, I asked them to think about how does this connect to what we've been talking about in this class mm -hmm. and what you've been learning in this class? And then now what? So now that you've seen this and you've thought about how it connects to what you've been learning in this class, what does that suggest for your future practice as a teacher? Mm -hmm. What would you like to see happen in your classroom and why? So that kind of pulled those two disparate pieces of the course together, the, the um, outside of the classroom part and the inside of the classroom part. And I love that you use the word pulled together, that phrase pulled right. together, because when I when I think of students working with questions phrased the way you just phrased them, the, the learning almost becomes seductive. There, <laughs> There is no way that you cannot think about those questions without really thinking <laughs> about them. There's okay. there's no textbook answer to remember. Those are very right. higher level yes. questions. Um, in you know, when, if you want to yeah. put it on Bloom's taxonomy, they're up there. Right. And and yeah. so and th those are. But they those questions would not make sense if there had not been that situation first that they have to reflect upon. Right. They can do the same thing with a reading. Right. So you know they right. can do the same thing with pretty much any learning experience that yeah. that they're having. Yeah. Um, that's why in my writing classes, at the end of every unit, you know they submit their paper, uh -huh. and the next thing they do is they sit down and they write a reflection about the process of writing the paper they just wrote. Mm -hmm. 
And so they, mm-hmm. they, you know, they talk about, you know, the process they went through. What did they learn from the process? What did they learn about themselves as writers? What mm-hmm. do they want to remember for the future? So basically the same kinds of, uh, of thinking, but they're doing it, um, they're doing it pretty often during the course. So, and we're gonna we're gonna probably go all over the place in this episode tonight. Sounds but, like it, <laughs> but that but that's okay because because one of the questions I have that that just came to mind is so what kind of feedback do you give them upon their reflection? Because I can see someone being hesitant to say your reflection is wrong because it's your <laughs> reflection, it's your reflective thought. So right, and it, so it's not a matter of right or wrong. It's yeah. a matter of sort of. Mature or not mature. I mean, I guess there's some element of right or wrong. So, mm-hmm. so I developed a rubric for my reflection okay. for this for the students' reflections. I thought about what I wanted to see. You know, I thought about what the various possibilities were. So I thought about my my criteria and I thought about my standards mm-hmm. and I wrote it all down in the form of a rubric. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically. You know, and I and I broke it into those three parts: the sort of what, so what, now what part. And basically it was, well, you know, did you give me, did you describe what you saw in the classroom? Mm -hmm. Was it, um, and then I sort of, I I built that out. Was it, you know, so an A might be a vivid description. You know, I can see this. I feel like I'm there, you know, (laughs) Um, but also concise. I don't know if those two are. They may be work somewhat against each other well, a little bit, but, uh, maybe, you know, maybe, then, yeah. eh, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. And and then, you know, the part about, you know, connecting it to the classroom was, uh-huh. you know, d- were you able to identify specific topics that we've been addressing in the classroom? And did you make clear connections? And, you know, d- do the connections hold true? You know, is it, you don't just mm-hmm. you aren't just picking something we learned and say, well, it applied to that to what I saw. You know, mm-hmm. you're actually sort of making an argument mm-hmm. and saying you know here are the, here, these things that are connected the moving ahead part that's a little that's a little mushier it's all a little mushy right but yeah, it's, yeah. but at least with the rubric i could and i don't have it in front of me so i can't remember what any of it said but it sort of gave them an idea of the kinds of things that i was expecting that they would do sure. in their reflections sure so i've i've am in the midst of doing something and it's actually due Friday. Uh, my, and my students are actually uh, they've done a they've done a a project a, a podcast project. Okay. Ironically enough, uh, or appropriately enough. Well, this that's semester. very meta. Yeah, no, no, isn't it though? <laughs> Let's do a um, podcast about your podcast. Yeah, assignment. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Um, I'll interview I, you. <laughs> and it, first of all, I should probably say I don't make them listen to my podcast. I'm oh, not one of those instructors that just shows off my own <laughs> stuff. So I don't I don't force that. They're aware it exists. Um, but I don't know if anyone's, uh, any of them have actually heard it. Anyway, uh, so they've done the, this podcast exercise, and it brings in a couple of different elements. They had the working groups on it because a podcast of one is boring. And one of the learning objectives for this is not just to, to practice their voice and, and to practice interviewing or how, whatever the format of the podcast is, but it's also to appreciate that professionals or people who, who are really good at doing podcasts make it look easy. And there's a, there's a time commitment involved in any performance. And so I've, I've kind of taken, it's a form of reflection, I think, because I've, I've taken it and it's from uh, Elizabeth Barkley's um, student engagement techniques okay. book. Yep. Um, yep. And it, and it's essentially an exam wrapper or, uh, uh, but it's, yeah, but it's sure. for the assignment. And so they are taking an online quiz but it's more of a survey. There's no right. there are no points associated with it. Yeah. How much time did you spend working on this? 
yes. now that you've gone back and listened to it, do you feel like that that was enough time? What was the easiest thing about it? What was the hardest thing about it? So what my intention is, is that next Tuesday, I'm going to take these answers and aggregate them and kind of give them a sense, anonymous, of course, of wh- where the class was on yeah. this project and hopefully to generate discussion. I don't know if I don't what I don't have built in right now is what you were talking about. Uh, the most mushiest, um, the, the mushiest, the like mushiest. How, how will this change your practice? Yeah, how? Forward? Yeah, and, yeah. And, and and maybe that, and maybe, and I just kind of leave that hanging and, and let them and let them dwell on that. Yeah, may, or you know, uh, or you can ask them that. Yeah, ask um, them. Yeah, you know, I mean, you can. One thing that you can do in that part is is have people set some goals. So you know, the next time I do a podcast, I w- you yeah. know I would like to or and, for our know, third big performance assignment. Or, yeah, that's right, for something the like that. But you yeah. know, I'm I'm interested that you mentioned the exam wrapper because that's a really different kind of reflective activity, but it's yeah. absolutely a reflective activity. Yeah, you know, it's it's um it's much less narrative uh-huh. and and more sort of um, survey ish as you as you yeah. mentioned, yeah. but but it's still it does. It does engage students in reflective practice, and I think that's that's really important. And I'm so I'm so happy you mentioned it. I kind of hit upon that, and one reason why I did was, and you know, you and I are both narrative people. We both teach writing or, or different forms of writing or communication or English or whatever. And we like podcasts. And we like podcasts, <laughs> and we like essays. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, seriously. So so we and and one reason why I went to this is because I knew I had to have some sort of self-reflection. I didn't want them listening to each other's podcasts yet. Mm-hmm. And I needed to have some sort of uh, reflection or self-reflexive, mm-hmm. if I'm using mm-hmm. the word correctly, element to it. But I got some significant eye rolls when I started. And, <laughs> and by the way, this I should, I should step back. This was an assignment, first time I've ever done this. This entire assignment was one that we designed as a class together. Oh, cool. Because I used to have them do talk shows, and there's no wow. way to do a serious, it's all acting and it's all yeah. a mock talk show, because yeah. it's just, we're not in a studio even for this exercise. So having them go off on their own and record with their smartphones or whatever devices, you can record a podcast, as we're kind of proving right now, you can record <laughs> a podcast fairly easily. Shh, shh, shh. <laughs> shouldn't have said that. Um, here in Studio G. Um, Don't anybody know how the sausage is made. <laughs> right. We work so hard on these. <laughs> uh, so... Um, and when I kind of said, well, we have to have some sort of analysis bit of this. So, you know, you could write a little short essay and, of course, uh, oh, yeah. and they're kind of sick because I, I have admittedly had to have them do it. They've done a, much more writing. I think it's good for them. Much more writing than they expected to in a class called broadcast performance. <laughs> They've well, been doing a lot of performing, too. Don't there, get me wrong. There you go. You know, yeah. so. Anyway, so um, that was a little side note on uh, on this whole idea of reflection. But I was I was motivated specifically by trying to find a reflection opportunity for them that wasn't as narrative-driven. That didn't result in, that a, didn't. in a narrative. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, one other method of, it's sort of like reflection, I guess, is having students write questions for each other based on a reading or based on an assignment. I guess the reflection may come later. It may, I guess it depends on the quality of the questions or the tenor of the questions. Yeah, what kind of questions they're, yeah. they're really asking because, yeah. you know, they sometimes when you have them do they, that, they default to really surface-level Knowledge stuff. Knowledge-level stuff. Know, and, like yeah. what, you know. On page 12, How, what yeah. are the four things <laughs> yeah, that your right. authors talk yes, about? Yeah. Yes, you know, right. what were the three causes of the Civil War mentioned in this reading? Yes. You know, and that's, that's not very reflective. Right. But you probably could, you know, think about Bloom, and, and you could probably crank that up right. a few notches and, and end up with something more engaging. But, you know, I think there would be value in having students 
think about their reading process. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, it, I don't yeah. know. That's a really, int- that's an interesting question. I have to think about that. Yeah. Well, and maybe that goes back to the exam wrapper idea too. Um, you know, if you're testing on the reading, mm-hmm. if you're, if that's how you've set up your course, that that would be something to, to look into. So in terms of reflection, when we're talking about this concept of reflection, we've got some good examples there now. And it seems like, can you have too much reflection in your course? Is there a, is there a danger to where you're talking too much about the process and not enough about the, the discipline? No, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, because they're always reflecting on learning, right? They're always reflecting on something. Right. So it's not like, I mean, I, you could have people reflect on reflections. And, and in well, fact, it, yeah. you know, in a writing class, you actually kind of do that. Because yeah. they, at the end, they pull all their little reflections together into a big reflection. But mm-hmm. there has to be something there. So there have to have been ideas and information explored right. and opportunities provided, experiences created, um, uh-huh. Before, so that they're reflecting on something, right? So I, I would recommend having students reflect fairly regularly. Yeah. You know, so even the idea of um, a one-minute paper or a muddiest point at okay. the end of class. Yes, you know, so where you're thinking that you're look, maybe looking at the notes that you took, you're thinking back to the to the previous um, forty-eight minutes mm-hmm. and um, or seventy-three, and and asking mm-hmm. yourself what was there that I didn't get, mm-hmm. you know, that's going to be the muddiest point. What was the thing that I understood best today? You know, what was the thing that I really struggled with? Then, you know, then you're getting more into a, a one minute paper, but um, yeah, so that a lot of people use that. And that's, that's, that's a kind of reflection. So it seems to me that when we're, when we're defining reflection in terms of teaching, that one of the critical criteria is that it's more than just a summary. It yes. has to have some relatable there has to be some something that the student either finds resonance with mm-hmm. or applies it there has to be some application mm-hmm. of, of of the information it's not just what did we learn today it's not just right. like if you even if you're even if you're taking immaculate cornell style notes where yeah. you are summarizing information as you go along and then at the bottom you you have that space for um summarizing everything on this page that's not reflection that's a different Kind yeah, of that's a summary work. because a it's summary. a summary. That's yeah. just you know that's that's not that's a it's a different genre. It's a different kind of thinking. But I also think that summarizing may actually, in to some extent, be the first step in the process of reflection. Can right. Be. Mm-hmm. That sometimes it's helpful, you know. Okay, talk Here's about what, what you now, did. What you learn? Now learned. I need to think about. Yeah, yeah. Now I need to think about yeah. these other yeah. parts of that. Or that might be a way to kind of tease out that that sort of muddled, f- forward-looking aspect of mm-hmm. it. You know, mm-hmm. if the reflection is where do you go, the prompt for the reflection. And you know, uh, reflection isn't just for students. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, you see what I did there. Yeah. So um, when I'm uh, when I'm teaching. Um, teaching when I'm facilitating the um, the design your course workshop mm-hmm. one of the things we talk about is finding a way to integrate into your course some opportunities for you to reflect on how the course is going and I always suggest that people do this in writing so that the next time they teach the course they have a record mm-hmm. of their thinking mm-hmm. as they were going along some people call this a teaching journal that's a pretty, that's a kind of a formal way of doing it. I usually, when I'm doing it, I always have kind of a, 
a plan for mm-hmm. the class and it's usually, you know, it's usually on a piece of paper. And so I just leave a space at the bottom mm-hmm. for my, to make some notes for myself. Now, sometimes those notes are not reflection, right? Sometimes those notes are just, you know, um, technical details, yeah, of, technical you know, proce- details, procedural you know, details, right? Yeah. Um, leave more time for this activity. Yeah. Right. But, um, I can push that to reflection and I can write about why I need to leave more time for the activity, what it was that I think maybe didn't go as I had planned and what might have caused that and what I might do differently next time. So I'm really engaging in thinking about my teaching Mm -hmm. in a way that can help me emerge from that experience as a better teacher. So, um, you know, this is this goes back to the idea of reflective pra- the reflective practitioner. And, and so that's, you know, we, we really want to encourage people in any field to be reflective practitioners, to take the time mm-hmm. to think about their practice and how they're going to maybe make modifications of that moving forward. Right. And why. And why. And, of course, it's important, you know, there's value, um, perhaps especially for teachers, there's value in thinking about why something went well. Yes. Uh, it's not just when things go wrong. You know, we often, I think this is true in most in most professions, we, we don't usually hear a lot of feedback when things go well. Yeah. It's when there's an issue, there's a problem, or yeah. when we feel like it just wasn't clicking that day in class. Yeah. And that's, those are perfectly valid times to ask, why Why do I think that happened? Why do I think, was that I mean, just happenstance? Was that yeah. luck? Was it yeah. blind luck? I had a student tell me one time, she, she was a great, she she was mm-hmm. in a um, she was a great student. She said the problem with getting A's is that you don't get any feedback. And I said that's interesting. Really, yeah. that's interesting. And she said, Yeah, people just write A's on my paper and they give it back to me, and I don't know why I got an A. Yeah. And I was like, Okay, well, <laughs> thank you very much for you know doubling my workload. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, and that's what and that's what it feels like. But I can know, relate to that statement yeah. and. And when I give feedback, I try, and there's no there's no official number, but when we talked about in a previous episode about rubrics a little mm-hmm. bit, we did today too, but um, and how we always leave space in our rubrics for those open comments. Right. And in my template, I have I put in a couple bullet points that are blank because I really challenge myself that no matter what how they scored on it, that I'm going to provide at least three or four points of feedback. Yeah. And sometimes I will admit they're a bit. Good job, you know, which is good, but not not meaningful but feedback not as we just get not yeah, helpful, right? Uh, but but other things like you know you are the argument you made was very well structured. I you you did a good job. Um, just pointing out know. the things they did well. Yeah. it's really interesting because you know I have these um, as you have heard all the time about my grandsons. One thing about having um, four preschool age grandsons uh-huh. is that um, a lot of things catch my eye about child rearing and, right. and you know i'm learning a lot about what i did wrong um, you know decades ago <laughs> reflecting but, upon yes, your parenting reflecting upon my parenting in in order to improve my grandparenting mm-hmm. but one of the things that i i see every once in a while is an article about why you shouldn't just say to a kid good job or nice work right that you should be very specific and say wow 
um, you found exactly the right piece to put in that space, that hole in the puzzle. That was, you know, that took some thinking on your part. So being more specific, even when they've done something well, right. pointing out to them what it was that they did well. And I think, I think college students can benefit from that as well. Claire, thank you so much for joining us again today. Thank you, Jim. And that's all the time we have for this week's episode of Let's Talk Teaching. You can find out more about our podcast by going to our website, ctlt.illinoisstate.edu. You can also email us your ideas for a topic for Let's Talk Teaching. Send it to ctlt at ilstu.edu. For Dr. Claire LaMonica and everyone here at the Center for Teaching, Learning, and Technology, until we talk again, happy teaching.